What is it that we solve? What problem do we solve? How do we bring value to you? What are we worth, right? Because you'll be surprised. Your best clients will pay you 26% more to do exactly what you're doing today. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with best selling author and serial veteranpreneur Michael Bozinski. In today's episode, you will learn the rule of 26, three steps to double your website revenue. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smash in the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Michael Buzinski. Buzz, as most people call him, is a decorated U.S. Air Force veteran, lifelong entrepreneur, digital marketing thought leader, and best-selling author. He has built several small businesses, two multi-million dollar enterprises, and marketed over 1,200 companies. Dubbed a marketing visionary by the American Marketing Association, Buzz is on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty in America by simplifying the digital marketing strategy process with the Rule of 26. His revolutionary approach helps business owners avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns. Buzz, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to have you on. And I love your book. Oh, thanks. I mentioned to you before we started recording as a podcast host, and I know you're also a podcast host, so the same I'm sure happens to you. We get lots of authors on our shows and we read lots of books of the authors that we have on our shows. And yours is, it's like really clear and really simple. I know you make a promise of no fluff in the beginning and it, the reality is true. But the thing that I like about it is that not, not only is the way the book written very simple and straightforward, but the, the name of the book and the actual, the process that's behind it is very simple, right? Rule of 26, it's something that is predicated on simple fundamental math, right? Which, which is, you know, what I mentioned in the introduction that you're trying to take this complexity out of digital marketing. And I'm, yes. I, I certainly, in you know, my own case have experienced not only the complexity that seems to be behind digital marketing, but the overwhelming ways in which one could approach digital marketing, do digital marketing. And, you know, there's so many people out there that, that claim to have the answer in the way you should market, right, market your business digitally, <laughs> most of which promise a whole lot, cost a lot, and in my experience, don't necessarily deliver all that much. So let's talk <laughs> about this simple formula that you write about in your book. What is the rule of 26? So the rule of 26 states that if you increase your unique traffic by 26%, the conversion rate of that traffic from your website by 26%, and the average revenue per client from that revenue from your website by 26%, 
you will have a compounded output of 100% more revenue coming from your website. As I said, very simple math, right? Yeah. The three variables, increase them by 26% each and you Uh double your website revenue. Yep. It leverages. It leverages math. Like, so a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just get 100% more traffic? I was like, because 100% more traffic doesn't necessarily give you 100% more revenue if not all your variables are staying the same. Correct. And the other thing about the way you position your book is you really very clearly state who it's for and who it is not for, right? So Mm -hmm. in your own business, it's very clear positioning and you have decided who you want to target. And at the same time, you have very clearly decided who you are not going to target, which is something that a lot of business owners have a great deal of trouble with. So congratulations well, on doing, doing that. Much. Yes. I literally made sure that that part of the book was included in the free download. The sample you get from Kindle, that is in the sample. Like I made sure that that was above the fold. So if somebody downloaded the sample, they read that before they ever spent any money on it. That was very intentional. Very smart. Very smart. So, you know, clearly there's, there's a purpose behind the book and behind what you do in your business, who have you seen fail at attempting to double their website revenue? The biggest losers in any digital marketing, regardless of they're using my system or my methodology or anybody's out there, is that they forget that marketing is hard. The approach can be easy, but the sweat equity or the money behind it has to happen because there is no created and they will come. It's created and now you have to pull everybody into it. And so there's a lot of people out there who feel like digital marketing should be a push button, get banana. And it's not that. It is a lot of science, a lot of math and creativity all put together and then testing. It's a lot of science behind it. And the approach can be simple, but in its simplicity creates complexity in that you have to measure everything and you have to continually test what you're doing to make sure it's the best for your business. Who have you seen astonished at the simplicity behind doubling your website revenue? I actually have a friend who writes textbooks for colleges on digital marketing. If you go to the Kindle link of my book, he actually did a video testimonial saying that it's like, listen, I do this for a living and this guy nailed it better than I did. And he writes, books like two, three inches thick on digital marketing. And my book is 115 pages. I think it's less than three quarters of an inch thick. (laughs) Actually, I think it's less than an inch, a half inch thick. So that right there is the one that blew me away. Like to get that type of feedback from somebody who is in the business of teaching people digital marketing for them to say, this dude did it better than me in an nth of the time was outstanding to me because he lives this. He has a huge uh, search engine optimization uh, agent. So he, so he works with enterprise level companies. And for him to say something like that means that, hey, I'm onto something. So we're going to come back to the what's behind this. I'm also curious to know, how did you end up focusing on the niche of doubling your your website revenue? Because it is a very, like, it's a narrow niche, even though digital marketing can be very broad. Mm-hmm. And right, and doubling your website revenue can apply to lots of different kinds of businesses. So in that sense, could be a, a broad target market, but you have a very narrow promise. 
So the target market on the, and and I I put that on the front of the book is it's for service-based businesses, though it can apply to anyone, right? I wrote the book with service-based businesses in mind. So the whole premise of the rule of 26 came from the fact that there are companies out there like HubSpot and Spotify and uh, SEM Rush that tell you that there's over a hundred key performance indicators out there that you need to track for your digital marketing. And I'm like, well, no business owner is going to pay attention to even 10, let alone 100 KPIs. Shoot, I'm not paying attention to more than 10 KPIs at any given time in a digital marketing uh, campaign. So I needed to find out which KPIs really drove revenue directly. And I found that these three right here had the biggest impact of all the KPIs that you can possibly track. So once I had done that, I'm like, okay, that's great. Well, where we need a goal, right? And so I could have easily said something like, you know, 52% and quadruple your revenue. But quadruple is a hard thing to think about. But doubling is easy math. And so I actually picked it so that people could take in and go, I can double something. Because when you think quadruple, you think it's either really hard or it's not going to happen, right? Like you were saying, like these people, they promise, they over-promise, under-deliver, right? And they promise the moon. And I'm like, I don't want to promise the moon. I want to promise something right now that's tangible, right? Because if you do it twice, guess what? You will quadruple. But once you've done it once, quadrupling is just a matter of doing it again. So, And you've already done that, so you already believe it. And you're just doubling what you've already doubled. So. That's why I use double. Yeah. The other thing that strikes me is when you increase the volume of anything in your business by a significant amount, there is the risk that elements of your business could implode. Mm. I've had this conversation with struggling clients way too many times. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an interesting conversation, but it's like, okay, so you would love to double your revenue or you'd love to to go from let's say $1 million a year in sales to $5 million a year in sales. Mm-hmm. Do you actually have the infrastructure to deliver mm-hmm. satisfactory mm-hmm. results to your clients if you go from a million to five? Right. And the answer is almost always no. And I say, well, okay, so maybe you're struggling to pay your bills this month, but if you really do want to increase your sales by that level, Let's make sure you have a plan and how you're going to deliver in case it actually happens. A hundred percent. I tell people all the time, like, don't grow for growth's sake. Part of my mission comes from my experience in doing just that. I grew my first company broke. It was a multi-million dollar creative agency that I grew broke because I just kept growing it. And we grew, like internally, our systems grew and I invested in all that other stuff, but it grew too fast. You know, and we just weren't efficient. So I do tell people like, when we look at website revenue for service-based businesses, I would say at, at least 80% of the people I talk to do not consider their website their main source of revenue. Like that's not where their business comes from. It usually comes from referrals it us- or networking, right? Those type, word of mouth, right? Reputation management, those types of things. And the problem with that is that all three of those uh, sources of business are not scalable. You can't just push a pedal and say, oh, I'm getting more referrals this week. Because 
You are joking yourself. You are fooling yourself to, into thinking that people are thinking about your business as much as you do, right? And I love referral marketing. I was part of an organization called Business Network International for 11 years. Loved it. It got me past my first seven figures. But after that, it wasn't scalable. It's just not, the math isn't there. More is not more, right? And so that's the difference between growth and scaling. So when we look at marketing, we always ask that first question, can you handle twice as much business from your marketing period, but nine times out of 10 or eight times out of 10, doubling the website revenue is actually not doubling their entire revenue, but it is definitely doubling what is scalable. That's actually a really important distinction, right? Doubling what is scalable versus doubling what is not scalable. Let's actually talk first about the, a little bit more about the math. So okay. can you repeat the three components that go into the doubling your website revenue? Website traffic, unique website traffic, as I distinguish in the book. Your conversion rate. So that's how many of those visitors convert into leads and the average revenue per client from those leads. So let's do a little deeper dive into each one. Maybe you sure. could just explain what, what's behind each one and how it's scalable. Sure. What I actually do in practice is opposite how I wrote the book. And so whenever I rewrite this book, it'll actually, the chapters will have different order. I start with average revenue per client. Okay. The average revenue per client is really reflected on how good of a client you have. So if you're an established business already, you have clients that make you more money than others, regardless how much they pay you, right? It's about how much they pay you versus how much effort it takes to make them happy, right? We've all heard the uh, acronym PETA. Right. I call it the PETA discount. And there was actually a time where we were like, oh, this one's going to be a high, this is going to be a high maintenance client. Right. So we go, okay, PETA discount. Because we have to take into account all the time that's going to be there. Problem is, is you can never charge enough for a client that is reducing the morale or sucking the, the energy and the air out of the room or out of your business. Right. And these are usually your top paying clients. So I look, when I look at ARCP and really finding out where my profitability, it's the people who appreciate what we do for them and are willing to pay what we're worth and respect our time by not wasting it. They listen to us. They execute on the things they need to do. They ask us the questions instead of telling us the orders. Those are the people. And so when you find out that, hey, wow, I have somebody who might pay me a two-thirds of what my top person is, but they're twice as profitable. That's your perfect client. That's the one that's going to create the best average revenue per client for you because it's going to be the most profitable for time versus money, right? Once we've identified that, now we're going to ask these people, what is it that we solve? What problem do we solve? How do we bring value to you? What are we worth, right? Because you'll be surprised. Your best clients will pay you 26% more to do exactly what you're doing today. If you ask 10 of your best clients, if we charge 26% more and you would just say, hey, our, we're thinking about we're going to need to raise our prices to continue the level of service we have, would, how would that affect your decision to stay with us? Your best clients are going to say, I'm surprised it took you this long to increase your prices to that level. Those are the people you want to dial into because those are the people who really understand what you are worth to them. From there, you need to create your personification of that person 
that type of person, that type of business, however you're assessing that. And then you need to talk to them specifically on your website to increase your conversion rate for those types of people. Okay. That way, when you decide to take traffic to the website, anybody landing on there that doesn't resonate with that message will not reach out to you and waste your time. The tire kickers go away. That's good, right? So then what the trick is then, once you have those two pieces there, is now get the traffic from where those types of people are hiding. The great thing is you have all this information right under your nose. They're paying you today. They're using you today. You can ask the questions today. And that's how I I apply the rule of 26 with my clients. And by the way, this is for established businesses that have existing revenue. This is not for something that's brand new. No, you double and a double as zero is zero, right? Yes, it is. (laughs) So so I, I tell people, I'm like, listen, you've been in business, you've had a website, you're collecting money from at least 10 people. Right. Like it doesn't have to be a big business. When we say established, this just means you've been in business for, I would probably say at least a year. Like you're, you're starting because when you first get into business, you take business anywhere you can possibly get it. Right. And after about a year, you can quickly realize who's wasting your time versus who's actually making you money. Right. As clients. Would you agree with that? Right. 100%. Right. So once you've been able to establish- And the longer you've been in business, the, the better you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I launched some new services at the beginning of 2022. And by the end of 2022, I canceled the way we did that business and reinvented it because we were attracting the wrong type of person. And we were trying to do the wrong type of business that was the most satisfying for me and the most profitable for my clients and for my business, period. Because I'm in the business of making people money, right? And so we found out that one of my services was trying to be too much for our clients. And so they were had unreasonable expectations, even though we try to set them really well, they still read into it too much. So it's like, okay, we need to draw back what they should be expecting, maybe draw back what we're charging for this and get really focused on, hey, this is the value we're bringing. And we only want you to look at this value when writing that check. If you want other things, we can have other agreements right? And that's, that comes in with the ARCP when we talk about, hey, you might not be able to increase your, what you charge by 26%, but can you add 26% more services that you can offer to that client? Okay, let's do that. Add more value, add 26% more value and be able to get 26. You should be able to get at least 26% more revenue. Yeah, no, this is really, it's simple and brilliant and really does take a lot of the complexity out of digital marketing. Yes, it's the once we understand what the simple points are, then we can dive into how do we draw that out, right? That's the science and the and the art of marketing, right? Digital marketers love making things really complex because they get to charge more money for that. Where I'm saying, "Hey, listen, let's not charge money for complexity, let's charge money for return on investment." So if I can show you, "Hey, listen, this is the math Everything is based on the math. So now we have solid key performance indicators, whether we're doing it right or wrong, right? Because there's nothing guaranteed in marketing. You can do all the things I just talked about. And if it gets applied incorrectly, or maybe it just doesn't resonate with the next echelon of clients you're trying to get into, you got to test more things. It's all about testing, testing, testing. 
right? And that's where the creativity comes in. So when creativity meets math, you get really good marketing. And that consistency to that science is where people make millions of dollars for their company. I love that. Michael, you mentioned before that you, when we talked about referral marketing in particular, Mm -hmm. you talked about your involvement with organizations like BNI. Mm -hmm. I wondered if you could share a little bit about your experience as a community member and or leader, not necessarily in that organization, but in general in business. So when I got into business, I had just gotten out of the service and I was in Anchorage, Alaska, just got a divorce, sold everything, sold the house through the divorce, the whole nine yards, split the money. And I took my money and I invested it into my business. And so I pretty much had nothing except the vehicle I was driving around and the equipment that I invested in and this little studio that I had started. So I was ex-military as a veteran. So I didn't have as much connection with the community as somebody who grew up there and decided to start a business, right? I had a lot of connections in the industry that I was working in, which at the time was music, right? I knew all of the local bands. But when you, there's only so many bands in Anchorage, Alaska that you can work with that don't already have connections with a recording studio, right? And so I had to branch out really quickly. And one of the ones that I looked at was the Chamber of Commerce. And I got in, and then I got introduced to BNI. And then I got introduced to philanthropy was something that just naturally came to me. And so when, when I'm a giver, so when people came and said, hey, could you help with this? I was automatically like, yes, let's do this. I ended up on seven. At one time, I was on seven board of directors for a nonprofit organizations in Alaska. So that's remarkable. I, <laughs> I didn't know that about you before, before recording. At one year, we gave over $100,000 worth of man hours away to nonprofit organizations in Alaska specifically. So like my whole thought about community though, comes down to a a phrase that I coined. It's called the world starts here. Meaning that if you want to change the world, one, start with yourself, be right with yourself, be good with yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, then the person next to you, whoever it is, family, wife, children, neighbor, it doesn't matter. Whoever's the next person next to you, then that person help them to wherever they need. And once you two have been able to help each other as much as possible, help the people right next to you and grow the community from the nucleus out because we're so caught up in sending rice to you know, emerging countries or saving babies across the world or whatever it is. When we have starving children in our backyard, we have alcoholism, we have poverty, we have in, in inequalities, social justice, all of the things that we, we worry about, right? It's just like, well, what have you done in your, your current neighborhood? What are you doing right now to make sure there are no starving children in your backyard? Because there are in everybody's neighborhood, there are starving children. There's people underfed. There are people that are undereducated. There are people who are getting slighted by the society immediately around them. And so for me, community was really just feeding that. Like I take care of the community around me, the community will take care of me. And it worked out. Michael, what's your definition of community? Community is, well, technically in my eyes, is community is three or more people, right? That are just coexisting, right? We're all out here trying to find our way. And I feel that community has to do with connection. And the more you can connect, the better your community. And now in the virtual worlds, our communities can be very far reaching. And that's why I feel that it's really important to really hone back how far out you're trying to reach. 
and make sure that the people right next to you are being touched because that community is the most important community because your friends in Germany can't help you when the next tornado comes through or the next hurricane hits the beach or the next blizzard buries your house. It's the community around you that's going to help you get through the hard times. For sure. Well, thank you for sharing that information about your connection to community. I think it's really an important factor about uh, who you are as an individual and as a business leader. Well, thank you. Before we close out, we've covered a lot of territory, including doing a, you know, at least somewhat of a dive on the principles behind your book. If someone wants to learn more, get in touch with you, access any resources that you may have, where is the best place for them to go? There are two URLs. The, if you want to check out the book, go to ruleof26.com. And then if you want to learn more about Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing, please go to buzzworthy.biz. It sounds great. And we will include both of those in the show notes. Buzz, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights. My guest today has been best-selling author and serial entrepreneur with Buzzworthy Marketing, Michael Bozinski. Thank you again, Buzz, for joining us. Have a great day. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Michael Bozinski, we learned the rule of 26, three steps to double your website revenue. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.